0: Hello, leaders, and welcome to Connections, the podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Iverson, leader content strategist here at Mops International. One of the core values we have here is that we welcome all moms. The Mops program is designed to be a place where there are no barriers that keep a mom from coming to a group. This episode is the last in a series where we dig into some of the moms that aren't always represented well in groups around the globe. We want to help you, the leader, better understand how your life as a mom is different and yet very similar to other moms. We're also gonna give you some practical ways that you can support these moms in your group. Today, we're gonna focus on moms of kids with special needs. Now, the term special needs covers a broad spectrum, but these moms are ones that have an added element to their parenting in dealing with kids that need some extra care. Sarah Ferraro, our MOPS membership manager, joins me in interviewing Tia Lynn Scott. Tia Lynn is the mother of three wonderfully unique children, ranging from college to kindergarten. TLN also founded the organization called Critically Loved, a nonprofit providing support to families of critically and chronically ill children. To learn more about the free support that Critically Loved provides to parents, you can visit them at criticallyloved.org. TLN also wrote one of our MOPS collective studies called Beyond Measure. You can find all of the collectives on the MOPS member site at members.mops.org as a benefit of your membership. Let's jump into this conversation and hear about how we as leaders can best support and welcome moms with kids of special needs. Well, welcome, TLN. We are so glad to have you here um, today as part of this conversation. I would love to have you um, just start off by introducing yourself um, and telling us a little bit more about you and why this topic is so special to you.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I am a mom to a 22 year old daughter with lots of challenges. So she has diagnosed with life threatening internal bleeding. Mm -hmm. And it's just took me years to figure out how to navigate her healthcare. So, practical issues spiritual issues, emotional issues, all the things and started a nonprofit to help other families in the same area critically loved in 2015 mm-hmm. and I'm just learning more and more as I go but then as I help other parents also along this journey seeing what other needs there are that maybe I didn't experience but other families are experiencing so building that that knowledge base more and more and probably will never have all the knowledge that I need in this area, but mm. happy to share what, what I've learned. Thanks. Thank you so much. I
0: think, um, it's an area that we have a lot of moms that, um, need to know that they aren't alone. And so I'm glad that we could, could have this conversation. Um, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about moms of kids with special needs what are some of the characteristics that you see, like the common themes that you see as you have conversations about that?
1: I'd say the biggest thing is isolation. Mm. So moms with kiddos that have special needs, they're way more isolated, especially as COVID has become such a big challenge because you have kids that are, you know, immunocompromised and that have behavioral challenges that have emotional challenges and that and the isolation just compounds all of that. And so you have families that are trying to protect their kiddos and that creates more isolation for them. And then that creates a lot more, a lot less support, a lot of depression, anxiety, and it is the biggest challenge I see with families that I serve for sure. So families not feeling supported. Mom's not feeling like they are seen, like they are heard, they are loved and just being isolated is huge for not only the mom, but it has a ripple effect to the whole family. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think it's interesting too, you know, you mentioned some of the, the medical side of things, um, you know, like when we talk about special needs, we, you know, there may be behavioral issues. And I think sometimes as our MOPs leaders, um, not knowing, you know, having that, that world being sort of an unknown world to them. Anytime we see something like that, it's just, um, hard to know how to, to interact and how to, to talk about something. But when you also talk about the isolation, it makes it harder to connect with moms. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes, um, This is not a comparison in any way, um, because I know that this is a, on a smaller level, but I even remember my son had some speech delays. And so for two years, a very short time in his life, it was amazing how all consuming the doctor's visits, Mm -hmm. the therapy visits, the, you know, it to think about trying to do life and take care of that at the same time, I can see some of that isolation, um, but also that feeling like, is there something I could do more of? Is there something I could do differently? Is there some um, emotional side that you see in moms as well? Or um, we've had another speaker in this series that talked a little bit about mom guilt. Is there any of that that comes into play too?
1: Absolutely. But before I get into that emotional side of it, let me go back to the schedule like you were talking about. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: you think the typical moms think that their schedule is full and it is, it is mm-hmm. tough, but you add in five therapy visits, sometimes a week. I have one mm-hmm. mom who has 13 a week, every week oh for goodness. her children. And those are not 10 minute appointments. No, that's just at least yeah. an hour. And then you add in specialist appointments and travel time. A lot of families have to travel like an hour to hour and a half, a couple hours away to take their child to a specialist or whatever their child's challenges are. And so you think about the schedule and how hectic it is. And there's no time for moms don't think they have time for self-care and they're, they're completely depleted. And none of their friends understand what they're going through if they don't have special needs families around them, a connection with them. And so that feeling of isolation, again, is compounded, and then they're not getting the support they need. They're not connecting with other people who understand it. And so that emotional side, oh, talk about anger towards Mm -hmm. God, number one, because how could a good God allow this to happen to a child who doesn't deserve this? Mm -hmm. And then you think about overwhelmingness of of schedule, of um, if it's a medical challenge, keeping your child alive if it's a behavioral challenge i can't handle this one more day one more second i can't handle this screaming for another minute and then any challenge that that, that your child has is you're doing research you're spending time pouring into that you're becoming an expert in your child's care like there's so much there is so mm. much and if you're if you're a typical mom even though you would try to understand it it's you just can't understand the struggle till you're in it right
2: mm. but the motherhood,
1: (laughs) And so special needs parents, we do need support from other special needs parents who get it. Mm. But all of us special needs parents, um, we are exhausted. We're at our our max limit of how much we can pour into other people. So we also need, as special needs parents, typical parents, Mm -hmm. because we don't have a lot to give to the other special needs parents. So there's there's those Mm. two sides. We need to provide opportunity for special needs parents to connect, which is a lot of what we do at Critically Love. And then we also need to have opportunity for special needs moms to be loved
2: on by typical moms. And that's where mops can really come Mm -hmm. in. Sure. Yeah. Which, and I think that's why it's so important that we're having this conversation specifically to Mm -hmm. our leaders, right. To be able to educate in a sense of how we best can show up for moms that are in this this is part of their story, right? Like to have a child that has special needs is part of their story. So I guess the bigger question too, as, as you just said the word connection, that's what we do at MOPS. We're trying to provide connection, but especially as a leader, even just a current leader within a MOPS group, how can we best connect with these moms so that they know, Hey, we, we do have a space for you. We love you. We're never going to fully understand what, like just even listing those scheduling. Right. Like I feel the overwhelmed and it's like, Oh, but also I don't want them. I'm sure they don't want to feel sorry for like, you know, like as you're like talking through it, you're like, Oh my gosh, this feels so weighty and heavy. So how can we best connect and help them know there's a place. So I'm going to
1: challenge every MOPs leader. You probably know a special needs mom in your life. If there's not Mm -hmm. a special needs mom in your group, somebody in your group knows a special needs mom. So pick one special needs mom and your group love on them for one year, make Mm. a one year commitment. And you could be, um, have a schedule and make, make dinner for that mom like once a month. If Mm. your group can handle once every two weeks, do that. And if that special needs mom just feels loved on and seen, she's definitely going to want to join the group for mm-hmm. sure, because they need, we need that support and we need to be loved on that being seen and heard and not have an apathy on the other side. i got to tell you as a special needs mom, when someone hears what the, my struggle is and they're, it's met with apathy, I mm. immediately put a wall up mm. immediately and no you can't understand and no if you haven't been through that yourself but if there's not compassion and and there's yeah. not that long suffering understanding and listening and not trying to fix then mm. my wall goes up and you're not getting past it probably ever again honestly yeah because our life is hard and if if we don't feel that compassion on the other side of it then I don't have time and emotional energy to spend building a relationship so i'm just going to build that wall Mm. And so as MOPS leaders, if we can tear down that wall by just loving on the special needs mom, every group across the country can choose one special needs mom to love one for one year. And you all decide, you know, what the best way is to do that. Maybe you ask the special needs mom, how can we serve you the best? Mm. And their first response is going to be, oh no, we're we're okay. We're good. Okay. Well, well our group is going to do something for you. Here's some options. Which one would you choose? Mm. And so, special needs moms sometimes have a hard time accepting. I think everybody does. Help. Any moms help. accepting help, but if you approach it in a way to say, "Please don't take away our blessing. Don't take mm. away the blessing that we have by loving on you,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: then that may create a different environment for that special needs mom. And if you have a special needs mom that's just adamant, "I don't want you in my life," okay, that's okay. How can we pray for you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes that, you have to sometimes you have to start breaking down that wall brick
2: by brick that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Mandy always says, heard. which I appreciate, she encourages to be a little pushy with your love.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think
2: this is a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah. But throwing out a blanket, um, let me know if I can help you, is not helpful for special needs moms. It's not. It's saying, what day works for you next week for me to drop off dinner for your family? What, yeah. day, what day is better.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that way you're being, you're letting them know that you really mean it and you really want to be a part of their life that, hey, we see you, that will go a really long way. And then as you pick one, one special needs mom for one year, see how that will multiply and bring in more people to your group when they see how well you're loving those around you. Mm-hmm. It, it will really be amazing.
0: Thanks. That's um, one of the questions that we get um, sometimes from leaders is how can we make accommodations at our group and um, to, in order to support her, like whether that's in the Mops kids room or, or something like that. And I think um, your idea of picking one mom and just saying, not, not to make her a project, but just to say, Hey, this is a mom that we're going to we're going to walk alongside, we're going to, we're going to bring her into the fold. Then you get to learn what would be best to help. If that Mm -hmm. is, Hey, we need to provide a space so that her child can be here at the meeting as well. Or, Oh, we need to think about our meeting time that would fit better into her schedule so that she doesn't have to bring her child um, or take them out of an environment, depending on whatever that special need is. I that's think some leaders get a little, and even some of our MOPs kids workers get a little nervous. Like how do I, in a, in a room where I might have 25 kids, how do I um, make accommodations for this child so that they're safe? So the other kids are safe. Is this a behavioral issue? Does this mm-hmm. child need one-on-one? And I think a lot of that's just from a lack of knowledge. And the only way you get that knowledge is just like you said, you have to spend time with them and ask questions and understand better.
1: And maybe there's not an opportunity for that mom to bring her child mm-hmm. to childcare. That's not an option. That. Yeah, um, right. one of the moms can have her on Facetime, and she can join that way. And then you you can plan outings, you know, once a once a quarter or however, however mm-hmm. often she can to take her out by herself when her husband's at home or, or another family member can care for that child. So. Working around what you think is this box of mops, what it looks like and how everybody has to fit in this box or else we can't have you involved. Think outside of that. What are some ways you can include that mom so that she doesn't feel so isolated Mm -hmm. so she can be part of it? And I tell you what, she's going to have a lot to contribute to your group.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great though, that you made that point because reality is right. Like we are a bunch of volunteers and the child care. like sometimes we don't have the resources that can help Mm -hmm. support a child that might have a behavioral issue. But as we were talking, my mind honestly just goes and you can let me know if this would be hard or easier for a mom in this season or, or not even season, but just, this is part of the journey, like an evening group, right? Like like you said, if the spouse is home and being able to provide that childcare, maybe sometimes it is creating an evening space for your mops groups. Um, because it really, the, that evening space kind of just helps expand and allows for lots of different moms that can't just mm-hmm. meet that normal Tuesday morning time slot to be able to come Absolutely. and, you know, childcare still can be challenging for some, maybe especially like a single mom, but that's where my mind went of like, hey, she could probably attend an evening group, maybe a little bit easier than a morning group.
1: Right. M- maybe. Yeah. If the child's not at school, or yeah, that's awesome to be accommodating to that. I think outside the box at those times too.
2: Thinking outside.
0: I love, I love the way you said that though. It's like getting your brain out of the the box that is MOPS, and that's one of the things that I love about MOPS. What it is is connection of moms together saying hey we we see you we're in this together you're not alone um and when we walk arm in arm with each other and with Jesus we are better you know like we that's that's the whole purpose there is nothing that says it's breakfast around a table on a tuesday morning or or it's, you know, a nacho bar on Thursday night. Like there's nothing that puts it in this box, right? I want to be it's... in that
1: group, by the way.
0: Right? The nacho, <laughs> the nacho night? Nacho you can come to my group.
1: Okay, there you go. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> Boy, if we just started Bill & nacho nacho night Thursday yeah. or something, yeah. we'd have everybody there. But I think that's the idea is this, what if it were Saturday morning coffee? What if mm-hmm. it were, you know, Sunday afternoon, um, desserts, like there's so, and not that it always has to be food. I just, I just love (laughs) food and conversation. They just go together. Um, but I think the idea of this connection and this togetherness is what we're talking about hmm. You mentioned meals, which I love. And I love the idea of saying, hey, we're not talking. You have to take her a meal every other day for, you know, an entire year mm-hmm. to say, hey, we're going to take her a meal once a month. That is not that many meals. Like in the big scheme of things, right. that is not that many meals. That's
1: one one meal a year per person if you have a decent size group.
0: Yeah, right, right. And think too, like, we got to get out of our our box of thinking a meal is like a Thanksgiving spread. Like we're talking, I just don't want to fix food tonight. Right? right? What are you eating on a random Wednesday? Bring that nacho bar here, please.
1: I did something so simple, you know, because I work full time and we had a neighbor move in to our neighborhood and somebody did this for me when we moved in. So I'm just trying to like pass it on. But I went and got a roasted chicken like from Costco. I baked some potatoes in the oven. I I went and got pre-cut like fresh fruit. And that was what I took them. And they were so appreciative. Like it it can be something so simple that Mm -hmm. you don't spend a lot of time on. But that neighbor was so appreciative. It was during the time when they, you know, first moving in, you're overwhelmed anyway. And that's how, especially these moms feel all the time, it's that yeah. overwhelming. And, oh, thank you for taking this one thing off my plate and them mm. seeing love, feeling loved and be, feeling seen. What are some other things that you've
0: found practical things other than bringing a meal? Are there some other things? Because like you said, you can't just do that blanket. Like, how can I help? Um, And I know it's going to be different for everybody, but to kind of help our leaders start to jog this brainstorming of
1: what are some things we could do? What are some other practical ones? It depends on the the child's special needs, but you could arrange for once a month or something to give the spouses a date night out. Mm. If Mm. if they're married, Um, single moms would be like planning an evening to go take her out to do something. When she could get childcare with someone else or some of the moms staying and watching the children again it just depends on how severe the special needs are yeah. and if that's something that's capable when my daughter was younger that was not an option there was very few people who could watch mm-hmm. her because of how severe her special needs were and so but thinking of things like that, dropping her by some flowers and leave them on her front porch. Oh man, that is a great thing to receive. And every time you see those, you feel loved and, and part of a community that having community, you don't realize how important it is until you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And That's what these mamas need. They need community. So just doing a quick drop by of, Hey, I'm stopping by um, Starbucks. What can I bring you? And just drop off at your door Mm -hmm. and talking to her for five minutes. That goes a long, long way.
0: Yeah, I'm running. Anytime anybody even would say, Hey, I'm running to the store. Do you need anything? I'd be like, Oh, yes, I have this list. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I'm like,
1: I don't care how big the list
0: is. You just tell me what you need. I'll go
1: grab. It. And you could do like a sheet. So you could give a, a questionnaire to the mom and say, What are your favorite things? What's your favorite drink? And where is it from? What's your favorite dessert? What's your favorite meal? And just drop it by to her once a month mm-hmm. and stay and chat with her for. 15 minutes, like that will make a huge difference. I, this was what I was going to say earlier. So during that conversation, do not at all ever give her medical advice about her child mm, and what yes. therapist they should be seeing or what specialist or what they should be doing, what, what um, vitamins they should be on that would help. Please don't do that. If that mom need, needs your advice, she will ask. And then you mm-hmm. can give it if she asks the direct question but please don't do that. (laughs) Just trust that she is doing the best she can with her child. She's doing the research. She has explored all the options and, and let it be that, and just be supportive and don't try Mm. to fix, like just listen and say, I bet that's so hard. Not, oh, well, if you did this, this would be better. Just, just listen.
2: That's yeah. Well, that kind of leads into kind of this last question. So maybe you can add to it, but what do moms of kids with special needs wish other moms knew about them?
1: I think just how much they need. They need that pouring into their, of how empty their cup really is. Mm. And I can't, I can't really put it into words. All, all of us have that empty cup at some point, Mm -hmm. but think about the stress level of a, a typical Mom, And it is, you know, at the top of their head, maybe. And sometimes it, it's overflowing. We'll go about two feet above that. And that is where special needs moms stress level remains all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it doesn't take much to like bump it up over to where it's spilling out. There's anger, there's frustration on everybody around them. And so anything you can do to help that mom have self-care and to fill up her cup for her. Think about that. What are ways that you can pour into her empty cup? Mm-hmm. And that will be the tremendous blessing in her life. Mm. I love it. Tealyn. that is, that is some wisdom. And I
0: think even when we stop and think as, um, like you said, like a typical mom, how I can easily get overwhelmed. And I just think, oh, I just need a break. What you're talking about with special, with moms of special needs kids is there's not that opportunity for a break very often.
1: Right. The break is fair, few and far between. Yeah, we just had we just had a a special needs moms night out. We do it twice a year with some of our partner nonprofits, and it fills up very quickly. Always, well, this time it filled up with a hundred moms in four hours, like boom. Wow, and it just shows you that need for a break, like time away from their child that they they don't get. And so, any way that we as leaders, as moms leaders, can be pouring into that cup and filling those mamas back up please let's do that. And how how great is that to to be Jesus? That how, how much like Jesus is that?
0: Yeah. That genuine compassion for somebody Mm -hmm. and not the, like we said, not that they become a project, but that genuine Mm -hmm. compassion. I see you. I see how overwhelmed you are. I just want to want to sit with you and be here for you. And ask how
1: the mom is doing. They get so much of how is your child Mm. doing? How are they doing? The number one question I ask families that I serve is how are you doing? Mm -hmm. How's your heart? How's your week been? And that really helps them to feel seen instead of it all being all about their child. It's Mm. so hard for the caregiver. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, Well, Tia Lynn, we're so grateful to have had you and just really be able to um, pick your brain a little bit and just hear some really good truths, especially as we are trying to just meet the needs of moms that have kids with special needs. And so leaders, another great resource that we want to keep in front of you is the fact that Tia Lynn, she is actually the author of our collective called Beyond Measure. And this is written very specific to mom's of kids with special needs. And so it's a great curriculum to be able to even just create a small group of moms and be able to touch on the real, the realness that they are all experiencing. And again, this is just a great tool to help them feel seen and known and a great way to meet them as we've been talking about ways to provide them connection. This is a tool that you could do online too, as we have launched mama meetups. Many of you know, Um, So if you know that you have a mom within your group that could even lead this collective, that's another great opportunity just to begin to create a space where these mamas can feel known and seen and loved. So we're so grateful to you for that, too. That has been a collective that's been around for a while now. I don't even think how many years now have we had that? Three. Yeah. Two or three. And I feel like it's just, we barely scratched the surface of being able to utilize it. And now, especially that we have this online community platform is also just a great way to be able to, to use it. So whether in person or online, it's definitely something you can do. And that is found on the member site um, free with your membership of only the $32 a year. Leaders. I hope you enjoyed this
0: conversation as much as I did To learn more about the free support offered to parents from Critically Loved, you can visit criticallyloved.org. And to access the collective beyond measure, visit members.mops.org and click the Member Benefits tab. Having a genuine, supportive, honest group of female friends in your circle is one of the biggest life upgrades. So let's throw the doors wide open and welcome all moms to our communities.